friends, it's Chris Ryan calling. Are you there, Alex? I am here. I am here where I always am when I know for a fact that you're going to call me so we can do Tell the Damn Story. <laughs> oh, we got some stories to tell today. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what have you been up to, Alex? What's what going have, on? Oh, well, you know, I, this is, this is um, normally people call it Hell Week, but this is Hell Month. For me, because my kids' Comic Con, the 13th annual kids' Comic Con, is coming up uh, April 20th, uh, 2019. And there's so many moving parts, and there's so many new artists that are joining us. We got over 45 artists and vendors coming this year. And that's Uh, at the Bronx Community College campus. That's right, that's right. So, you know, again, it's coordinating with the artists and the writers, we've got some special programs coming. Some new people are going to be joining us. It's just really, it's been yeah. really exciting, but it's I also been taking up a lot of time. You know, we got this guy, uh-huh. this moderator, uh-huh. who's going to be like, you know, I hear he is the man. He's the bomb of moderators. He's, he's like, you know, he's like the guru of my, anyway, he's going to be, <laughs> this dude is going to be uh, hosting uh, a panel with Jamal Igel. Uh, who's a phenomenal comic book and graphic novel artist and writer. A friend of ours. Yeah. Yes, and a very good friend for many, many moons. Christopher Lucas, who yeah. is a, an actor, performer, and also a writer of top ten Disney events, programs, films. Uh, Chris has been, uh, as a matter of fact, he's got a one-man act even that he's done on the Disney material. So, and he, he's on that panel as well? He's on that panel too, uh, and right next to uh, several other wonderful people. Uh, who uh, Tao Ta- Ta- Bennett. Tao Bennett. Tao Bennett, 19, and has been a puppeteer working with Sesame Street. The show, now, not, not just like, you know, going down to their location and saying, teach me. He did that several years ago as a much younger teen as an intern, and he's got on the show, and he's been working on the show with all these top professionals like Leslie Carrera-Rudolph and, and Noel McNeil and all these people. And so here's this 19-year-old young man's going to be talk, talking to uh, that hot moderator uh, about, right. about how he, he followed his dream and how he got into this, and, and showing kids and, and talking to educators about you know supporting kids in their goals to really try and achieve something that might be different from what the adults uh, have in mind for them. So, kids, just remember, podcasting can lead to moderating a panel. (laughs) Take it from me, Chris Ryan of Tell the Damn Story. (laughs) That's that's right. Although it does help that you were a newsman for many years, a news reporter, you know, and that you've also done many interviews with people, and so that you have that skill set that you've been developing over the years. Yeah, and that panel is going to be something that I think fans will enjoy, you know, the whole idea, all, all of the panelists and guests, uh, you know, how it was uh, as a kid when they're, you know, what lit up their imagination mm-hmm. and, you know, was there a moment when they realized that people did the stuff they loved and one of those people could be, you know, them, Yeah. you know, uh, and then we'll ask about how you got from that moment to doing what you do. What's it like to play with the big toys, you know, mm-hmm. and see them go, you know, the, your work go and be reflected on TV and reflected in the movies and all that. And then we'll ask them, you know, where they're, you know, how they take that 
uh, accomplishment and then still create and still make personal statements from there and what are things they, they'd like people to look at and see and that kind of stuff. And the other neat thing is that hot moderator <laughs> is also at some point going to open up the panel for Q&A from the audience. So oh, it's definitely. It's, we're going to keep the questions to about those three areas so that we'll have plenty of time for Q&A. So if you got if you if you're not doing anything on Saturday the twentieth, and even if you are, are <laughs> bring in that's right, cancel your plans. Uh, you don't need to get married. Come on, push that push that back a day. Yeah. Uh, and come bring your kids. You know, it, it is the kids' comic con, and uh, let them see, let them dream, let them be. Let them learn. Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So that's that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Well, partially uh, in line with that, I've been reaching out to the panelists to um, find out background and stuff and let them know the areas we'll be talking about. By the way, folks, and in case you didn't realize, Chris is that hot moderator, right? He's yeah. going to be the panel a moderator for that, that event. It's going to be great. That's right, kids. You too can go from podcasting to paddling. Um, and I mean, besides that, it's been um, an interesting time uh, as far as taking in creativity. You know, you know. Uh, I think it's this the Sunday right after, or it's, it's next Sunday, I think. Um, Game of Thrones is going to uh, premiere its final season, mm. and uh, the goddess Tina and I are fans of the show. So, so do some my sons and their girlfriends, and all all of us get together and watch the episodes live. Uh, but in preparation, Tina and I decided to rewatch in a binge format the entire series. So, uh, wait a minute, how many episodes is that? Uh, it's ten episodes. Of Season and we're we got to go through seven seasons, so we're talking about seventy hours. This is a commitment. Oh my! <laughs> However, as a storyteller, alleged storyteller, um, watching it the second time, you really start to see the genius of the storytelling and how early they weave major themes and major plot points. The first thirty seconds. Uh, well, maybe first three minutes of the very first episode, the big bad is introduced, and <laughs> I, you know, you almost some of these things happen, and you're almost like, how did we not miss this? How was this subtle to us the first time around? There are people in in the show that say what they're going to do, as horrible as it is, and then go ahead and do it, and time and time again. Uh, the six of us were shocked when it happened. And then watching it a second time, we're like, uh, it was it was telegraphed so much. So I've been really studying how they subtle, subtly put, put it in the middle of a captivating conversation. You know, conversation can't be what you have for breakfast, cornflakes. It has to be conflict. So they put uh, disparate characters in the room together who are arguing philosophies or threatening death and all that sort of stuff or lusting there's a lot of that going on mm, that's um, what i've heard yes yeah so it's not for you kids <laughs> but to watch really good storytellers give really good actors 
uh, uh, lines to say in a beautiful setting with great directors and uh, uh, technicians, you can fully enjoy the feast of storytelling. And I think that it will refine some of the stuff that I do. Um, I have, I, I'm going to uh, uh, a little later talk about some stuff that I've stumbled on that is also doing it for me. So I'm in a, I think, a real learning mode or relearning mode. I don't think right there's now. ever a time when you shouldn't be. I mean, you yeah. know, I think you and you I have talked about that. You got to feed the beast, right? You yep. feed the beast. That's right. Yeah. Up until you can't, you can always yeah. learn something. So what has caught your eye this week, Mr. It, Alex? You know, you know it's, it's, it's funny. Um, a couple of things, but I think for the sake of this conversation, you know, where we're going to be eventually going with this conversation, uh, I'm going to mention that I, uh, I did some work with Ronald McDonald House uh, mm -hmm. this weekend. Uh, Ronald McDonald House every year for the past five or six years has done what they call Superhero Day. And some of the KCC team you know, of artists have gone down there. And yet you spend two hours in this celebrational environment with children who are battling cancer, you know, uh, and their siblings, you know, who may not be battling cancer, but in a family environment with children who are, you know, carrying great weight. And so for, you know, it's, you're not paid, you know, you're, you're going down there and you're showing the love because that's what you want to do. You want to be there for them. You want to help them have a good time and fun and just be kids. And one of the uh, artists who came down, since I don't have his permission to say his name, I'll just say one of the artists who volunteered to come down and be with us, um, then went to do uh, an, an art exhibit that he had some work in, uh, not that far from the location we were at in Lower Manhattan. And we got to talking, because I went to see it. You know, you, you did it for me, I'm going to go do it for you, right? Mm -hmm. sure. And so here he has his comic art, which is you know pretty much what you would call it. It's art he did for a graphic novel. He has his comic art up on the wall, beautifully framed and so forth, in a room filled with other artists and the patrons. And there's paintings, there's abstracts, there's pop sort of culture art, there's three-dimensional art, there's all these things going on. And we got to talking about how there's, at times, unfortunately, a certain amount of snobbery among comic artists. Whereas if you, you're doing comic art, Okay, then that's what you are. You're a comic book artist, and that art isn't real art, or that art can't be seen somewhere in a gallery or whatever. And you, you look at him, like I, I know a friend of mine, because he did comic strips, there were comic book artists that didn't schmooze with him, that didn't circulate with him, because, oh, you're just doing comic strips. We're doing comic books. You know, we're doing graphic novels. So we're doing the real comics. I'm thinking, where's this coming from? You know? Because ultimately, we're artists, we're illustrators, we are using images and visuals to tell some sort of a story or to make some sort of a statement or to draw attention to a particular issue. And whatever the, the, the genre or whatever the quote-unquote medium is, it's still art. So to see this young man's art up on the wall in this room with paintings and all these other sculptures in it, it's art. But I know some people who would have gone, yeah, well, you know, it shouldn't really be here because this is comic book art. Or some comic artists who would have said, yeah, well, this ain't real. You know, comic books is where it's really at. So I was talking about that kind of thing, that, you know, how well, do you, how do you promote your career? How do you, how do you move forward and see yourself as an artist who happens to do X as opposed to how other people see you and what they say? Well, it's... It's really a frustrating thing. I mean, it's one of the things that I've been talking to you about 
as far as, you know, realizing I need to be vetted in the eyes of whatever is going as legitimate these days, mm. you know, and that's, you can, I'm, I'm hearing the same thing in what you're talking about, you know, each level is discounting the, the, the level there, you know, another level by saying, well, it's not vetted the way I was vetted, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you were publishing a comic strip, I'm publishing a graphic novel or by Marvel, or by DC or by, and you know, what you're describing is snobbery. Yeah. I, I think they're, I mean, you can call it snobbery, you can call it, you know, there's some level of it that, you know, I have to give it its due as much as it hurts me. You know, if you've done it, if you've gotten another company and another place to pay you money for your work, that is, to quote Joe R. Lansdale, a, a form of vetting. And it, it it makes you, it forces people to see you in a different light. Uh, no matter how good your stories might be and how many there may be of people who say, oh, he's, you know, he can really do this or really do that. Until, until you can have that, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a limitation. Um, sure, I I wrote a story or a book uh, involving young uh, boys who solved crimes years ago, but I didn't get to put that on my resume because of the arrangement with the contract. Right. You know? um, I have been published by one, two, at least two, maybe three different comic book companies, but they were all small, boutique, independent comic book companies. So I don't get that vetted uh, status. And as for my, uh, the dominant amount of my work, it's independent, you know? So all those, I have such a diverse resume. I have eight (laughs) years of award-winning journalism, Mm -hmm. but it's not the New York Times. It's not the Daily News. It's not the Washington Post. So, you know, it's, it's not the same kind of vetting, so it gets discounted. I, I and think, now it's been a while, so it gets discounted in that way. Well, I think but, one of the things, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, I just want to throw in there uh, from me to you that what it sounds like you're saying, what I know I've gone through, is how much do you value what you've done? How do you see that? Because I know that I often, and you and I have talked about this, I often forget some of the stuff that I've done when I'm approaching trying to get a new assignment, I'm going, and some part of my, my, my little, like, I don't know, lizard brain or whatever, I, I think that's a carnivore side. But anyway, the part of my brain that goes, yeah, I don't know, you know maybe they're not going to, you know, accept you for this. They're not going to allow yeah. you to do this. Maybe you're not good enough to do this, forgetting that you've already done this. You know, five yeah. or well, six every, every creative person, yeah. Van Gogh went through that. Every creative person goes through the doubt. One of the things that helps the public see you in a different way is that if they can recognize certain signposts Mm -hmm. and being published by strangers who have a big enough company to be recognized, that's, you know, that's a big element. Yeah. You know, you and I go into a room right now today 
to talk about a creative idea that Hollywood is interested in. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they check out our backgrounds. Who's going to be listened to more? It's going to be you. You know, it's going to be you because you've got 20 or 30 different places that have published you. It is what it is. So if I want to be, you know, taken to a certain place, if I want to get in a certain gate, you know, you got to get past the gatekeepers. You got to get vetted. And and I think the same thing goes on. You're talking about these artists operating. They went through the same thing, and it's diff. It's a difficult journey. You know, uh, what was the uh, saying? Uh, Best piece of advice a creative ever gave another creative: If you can avoid doing it, then don't do it. <laughs> right? Don't write the novel. Don't write the screenplay. Don't become an actor. Don't become a painter. Don't become a juggalist. Whatever it is, don't become a musician. If you can avoid it at all, if you can live with yourself without being the creative, then it's a lot more peaceful of a living for you. Yeah, well, I never had that option, fellow. <laughs> well, and, and that's his point, is if, if you can't live that way. I can't. I tried. Then, I right, tried. Then, yeah. then move on knowing that you can't go backwards and that any of this stuff that we're talking about here, any of this pain, any of this gatekeeping, any of this betting, any of this snobbering, that's part of the entry fee. And, and funny, this is a good segue, if you don't mind, into uh, the main topic of, of our, our gathering today. Um, and that is committing to being an artist, you know, and maybe not at this point in your career, having been published by the big dogs and being recognized by the public as significant. Um, but you still are putting out your work, in, and in this case, even independently. How do you get it out in front of the people what is in effect promotion and and how do we deal with that because there are even divisions of promotion there are there are yeah. levels yeah. of promotion well the first thing is you have to accept a, a very hard reality you know um we were talking pre-show about avengers endgame and how it is everywhere and how masterfully they're putting out little troops and drabs of teaser trailers, trailers, commentary trailers, you know, all these little things that are wetting the appetite, wetting the appetite, but really not tipping their hand as to what they really have. Um, part of the success of that is that they're smart about the campaign they're doing. The other part of that is that they are sinking in millions of dollars. When you see that show up on your Instagram feed, it's... They're paying for it to be circulated. And then other uh, pages that are trying to earn money as a information source are reposting it, and it gets its own momentum. Same thing on Facebook. All those products, all those movie trailers that are up there, all those, buy the, you know, this book is the hot new book, all of that is paid for. And... There's a difference to what you're paying for. If you just boost a post, you know, the, the knowledge that I have, the understanding that I have is that they will tell you, pick who you want it to go to, but it's kind of scattershot. 
Mm-hmm. It's very different to boost a post than to take a Facebook ad. Facebook ad is paying for advertising. And you can be more in control and have a little more uh, belief that it's going to go to a special interest group, a niche group that will be interested there. But that takes money. You know, the days of free publishing or free advertising or or reaching 100% of your following, those days are gone. Everything is monetized. So if you're trying to get the word out, there are two ways that you can do it for um, an economically feasible way. If you don't have a mountain of cash, getting a mailing list together and building that week after week. And I'm not the best at that. Now you would know more of that than me. <laughs> and that's one way. And the other way is with your following, you know, your, your followers, um, comment on their stuff regularly, you know, do that as when you go on Facebook, it shouldn't always, always be about you. Sometimes it's all about servicing the following comment on their posts keeping conversation going because that keeps them open to see your stuff. If you're not interacting, they fall off the list of people who see your posts. And when you need something really to be seen, such as, hey, KCC is coming, right? That's where you can put up a post if if you're not going to spring for a Facebook ad, which could be, you know, some money. Make it an event. Invite every one of the people who are your followers. They will at least see it once, you know. But interaction is the key. We can't compete with the Avengers budget. No, no, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to try. You know, of course, we can grab that, that, that little meme that everybody loves now, Avenge the Fallen. <laughs> so throw it on our thing. But no, you know, what you talked about um, building up a, a mailing list, and there's so many online gurus who talk about that, and I'm not presenting myself as an online guru about mailing lists at all. Like you said, we have our ups and downs with, with trying to do these things. But, you know, I think one of the formats or, or, or um, processes that at least everyone who's trying to do self-promotion should follow is, yes, building up your following, which means attracting people to you, which means giving them something of value. And, and, and when they benefit from that, that's your first contact. And then after that, it's like Chris is saying, you keep engaging with them. You, you, you check in on what they're doing and so forth. Now, two things. One, in order to attract people to your mailing list, giving them something of value, uh, I'm not saying you've got to suddenly give them uh, like, you know, uh, an iPad or something like that. I mean, you got that if kind of you money. have the money, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if you got that kind of money, we should talk. <laughs> but but what you can do, I mean, you know, it's, it's depending. You can give them a chapter, a free chapter of your book. Or if you've got two or three stories you've written, you can give them one for free. You know, give us your email address. And there's a, there's a whole thing we can go into about how one does that. And we'll do that in another show. But you, you set up a, a landing page or a lead uh, magnet uh, of here's a, a free sample of X, Y, you know, whatever. And for your email, you get this. So people will fill in this thing, give you their email, boom, they get a download of a free chapter of your book or a free short story of yours or some free visuals. Or if you are a person who does something, you know, you, 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 well, for instance, you're an illustrator. You can give them tips on how to draw this or how to draw that. That's something free. 
So you get their names, you get that, that down, they get the download, you get their names, you have that first contact. Now it's about, like what Chris was saying, is engaging with them. Now this takes time. This is not a quick fix. Oh, instantly you've got 50,000 people on your mailing list and they're ready to buy from you or, or, or hear, listen to you and all that. No, this is over time. And you've got to give yourself that kind of time and you've got to give yourself that kind of commitment. And I, for one, especially with Kids Comic Con, uh, time is a precious commodity that I, myself, don't always have enough of to do these things right. I have worked on trying to put together schedules so that, yes, on this day, each week, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes, you know, and make that promise. And sometimes I break the promise and then I have to pick it up the next time around. But you've got to allocate time and commitment to building an audience. And that's that's a tough one. And like, you know, we were saying with, with Facebook and boosting and there's a couple of other, um, uh, again, online promises that are being made by various people. That if you if you pay for this now, this, this lesson for me, you'll instantly have 10,000 readers. Some of these guys really are sharing some good information with you and they'll even do it for free. Others, okay, they're repeating what other people have said and maybe it'll work for you, maybe it won't. But you've got to make the commitment either way to figure out what's going to work and how you're going to do it, especially if you don't have the, the Marvel budget. But even they had to sit down and work out a strategy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and credit to them for ha uh, having such an impressive record of selling their stories and tantalizing the following uh, so well. The anticipation for this particular movie, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, is so high that when tickets went on sale, it it just crashed the AMC site and the um, Fandango site, really slowed them down, froze them, that kind of stuff. Uh, I haven't heard that happening since, like, the old days with Ticketmaster, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did hear one time not that long ago, maybe it's about, I, I can't be accurate, but maybe it's like three, four years ago, where uh, the New York Comic Con did something. Um, they changed how they were getting their tickets out in advance. And when they finally opened the gate, it was it was an instant crash. It was almost oh, like, you know, it was like yeah, piranha struck. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, ironically, and this is a little off topic, but it's humorous, uh, so hopefully it'll be worth the time. Uh, while those things were crashing, a person I knew was getting out of getting a um, wisdom teeth removed or root canal or something. And he just drove over to a movie theater where there were no lines <laughs> and bought the tickets with no problem. <laughs> I think that's really funny that everyone is so trained that it's got to be digital and it's got to be off your phone or your laptop or your desktop, whatever, uh, that, oh, oh, we can go there too? Yeah. In the old-fashioned way? I think that was pretty you funny. You actually talk to somebody? <laughs> yeah. um, and it ties back to promoting uh, Kids Comic Con because sometimes... We are so on, because I was literally about to say exactly the same sentence. You sometimes just got there faster. Sometimes simple things work. You just so got there faster. There. Yeah. Go no, no, go ahead. Well, it's, you know, we have um, a couple of really nice visuals. There's one, the, it looks like a poster, 
you know, it's got the, the, the teen heroes and our logo, our mascot, uh, and then the information for the day. And then there's another one, which is just the, you know, the arresting visual. By and Sean then, Souter. Thank you, Sean. Yep. And, uh, and then you just put on, I've put that on uh, Instagram and Twitter a couple of times with the information, you know, in the text part of it. Um, those kind of things attract attention, and there's a pleasant look, you know. Um, sometimes having a, a Facebook Live talking about what the expectations are. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Since, you, since you touched on that, let's talk about you know the lineup, uh, if you don't mind. I'm just going to set this up and then jump in. Um, understanding that you're going to have an event, or you're going to you know if you're going to apply this to you're going to release a book, all right. But understanding that on a certain date down the road you're going to do X. Uh, with KCC, we knew that back in, in November, we knew that in April we were going to do the show. So we began talking to some people about being involved and blah, 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 blah. By January, we had our first major meeting to set up the structure for what events we wanted to have at the show, the exact number of people we thought we were going to need in terms of volunteers, and some other things. We sat, we, we sat around a table and discussed that, the core team. And... Mapping out the ideas, testing them on paper, kicking it back and forth with that first meeting. Uh, notes were taken. And then from that point on, it was about paring it down to what are we really going to go after, who's supposed to be handling it, and starting to figure out how to promote way in advance, to start tickling the audience with the fact that something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. Even though we're talking January, February, March, April, we we're talking four months which is not a lot of time. Some right. people may say, that's a lot of time. No, it's not. You know, it's not at all. But we were already looking at knowing we'd need press releases, we'd need visual arts, we'd need to get the information out, we'd need uh, other engagement content that doesn't say, go, 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 buy, buy, buy. Every now and then we wanted to break that up with, this is something we did last year, and this, the kids, look at the kids having a great time. Or this was uh, uh, one of the artists talking about what it's like to be an artist. Or this is this. And so that you, you begin to mix in with the message, come to this event. This is what you get from this event. This is how much people have enjoyed this event. This is a little bit of the history of this event. These are some cool images, either drawn or photographs or videos from events like yeah. this. So you and it this works. Out. It works. I mean, I've, I remember uh, when... I'm going to forget his name now. It's okay. The director of The Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, great. I always forget his name, too. Peter something. Peter Jackson. There you when go. Peter Jackson was doing, I guess it was uh, maybe throughout, but I caught on while they were making The Two Towers or whatever. And for the second and third, you would, I, it was probably all three, but they would put up production videos. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was drawings, and sometimes it was, you know, a, a bit of a meeting, and sometimes it was just him talking into the camera. And uh, not only did that keep my attention and anticipation, but, you know, when eventually, when the goddess Tina had to have the extended version, and I was fully <laughs> in agreement with her, you know, those were four-hour versions of each part of that movie. That's 12 hours of movie. Um and then the extras were all these um, addendum and uh, um, annexes um, and appendices. That's what he called it, just like Tolkien. <laughs> and there was almost as long. 
with all this material was so rich. So um, I'm seeing it again with uh, Kevin Smith. He's filming Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which is a parody of all the reboots we've been getting. Um, but he's been doing a video. I think he had 12 of them over the month that he was filming where he would show a couple of people that were in the movie or he'd talk about what uh, they were doing this time or that time. And it humanizes and it, it lets you in. And, and that's partially well, what it's, we're it's, doing it's right a peak, now. It's a we're peak behind the right curtains. Now. Yeah, it's a peak behind the curtains, yeah. you know? And, and how cool is that? You even, you know, again, depending on your audience and, and what they love and don't love, but, you know, we did uh, a comprehensive interview. Uh, about it, and people can watch the whole interview. But uh, within the next few days, we're going to be cutting the, uh, a, a copy of that interview. We're going to be cutting it into segments because they're all little mini moments where we talk about specific aspects of the uh, of why kids Comic Con, what's the reason for it, what do kids get out of it, what have we accomplished, and the international aspects of doing something where kids from different countries get to communicate. You know, all of these things are is information that people should know about, you know, if you're doing something positive, but also it's, it's, it's a, another form of engagement. You yeah. Know, and you yeah. know, if you're, if, if you've got clips that are, you know, two, three minutes long, many more people will watch it. You know, it's an investment of a moment as opposed to investment of an hour or two hours or in the case of the Game of Thrones, we've been to 70 hours. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I will not be joining you two on that experience, but go for it. You know? Well, Kevin Feige, uh, no, the Russo brothers, Russo brothers were, did something that hit the internet uh, over the weekend. They showed some press people two clips of the um, of the Avengers in, Endgame, and they talked about, you know, it, it, what should people do in preparation? And they said, watch the previous films. Mm. And the suggestion there is that they're going to be referencing or pulling from most, if not all, of the films in Endgame. Well, if you're a Marvel Cinematic Universe geek, people won't see you for the next two weeks because <laughs> you're going to be watching Ten and years. studying each one of those, you know? Yep. You know? And, what do they call them, Easter eggs? I, I remember yeah, when... But, but no, but I'm just saying, I remember when people were going crazy because they were spotting, quote-unquote, the Easter eggs in some of the earlier movies. So you can you imagine now in, they're going to be looking at all the movies? But in Avengers Endgame, there will be Easter eggs, sure, but most of it is going to be referencing and closing circles and tying up, you know, story arcs and loose ends. That's That, to me, is the artistic triumph if they pull it off. Can you tell a story for 20-some-odd movies, I think it's going to be 23 movies all told, and actually give it a full sense of completion that is satisfactory? What a challenge they put before themselves. And to be fully ready for it, it it's, it's a fun aspect of, uh, of Avengers Endgame. If you they know? pull so it we, off, it will be the I, first. We have to give fun aspects of KCC so that people can feel like, you know, they, if they come, they're going to see a, 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 a really young young man who is a veteran of Sesame Street. What is it like 
We've all seen Sesame Street. He's going to be able to tell us what it's like to make that come alive, mm-hmm. you know? And Jamal Igel, right, was done so many different characters. He's done Superman, Supergirl. He's done DC characters. Daredevil. Characters, yeah, Daredevil. Yeah. He's done so many different characters, plus his own characters. Yeah, Molly Dangerous. What is it like? Plus, he's done storyboards for films. I mean, yeah. for, for animated films, yeah. Yeah, what is that like to make those dreams happen? That's any kid who's interested in that kind of imagination should be, you know, their parents should be, you know what, we're going to go Saturday, and we're going to look, you know, I think the panel itself is at 1 o'clock. Yeah. So if you have a kid who's really full of imagination, and, you know, he's drawing these characters or storyboards or re-watching a movie or always talking to you about this or that. Making things. Yeah. Constantly building things out of his bring imagination. Them. Bring them. Bring them. Let, L- let, the let me throw a... Or her. Yeah. Or her. Excuse yeah. me. Right. Yeah, well, I, I know. Politically correct, but we're, it's for Not real. We don't, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care. It's, it's kids, right. It's just kids, you know. But here's the thing. I went to high school with a man named Dan Haskett. I mean, at the time, we were boys named Dan Haskett. He was Dan Haskett, and I was Alexander. But Dan, Dan, yeah, it's funny how that works. <clears throat> Dan was one of the best cartoonists in the school at that time, as far as many of us were concerned. He was ready for the big times when we were in high school. That was our opinion. Dan went on. Now, this is quiet, you know, humorous kind of guy, but he's, you know, he's, not, he's not winning football games and things like that. You know, he's just this quiet, introverted kind of guy who just drew beautifully. He went on to work for Ralph Bocci, Warner Brothers, Disney, you know, uh, Disney merchandise. You know, he just freelanced for everybody and his mother. He, he actually was one of the people who designed Ariel for The Little Mermaid for Disney. Uh, one of the best moments I had was, you know, we'd been out of school and out of touch for years. We got back in touch. And then years later, one of the kids' Comic-Cons, Dan's in New York, and he, he volunteers to come. And to see him sitting at the table with parents and kids all around him while he talked about what it was like to create these things. He's doing drawings and showing him things. And my flashing back on us sitting in the cafeteria in high school, talking about what we wanted to accomplish and working on some ideas on paper right then and there. And easily people could have said, oh man, you guys are crazy. You ain't never gonna be working for Disney. You're never gonna make this. You're not good enough. You don't have this easily. People could have said that. I'm sure some did. But Dan didn't quit. And there was a support from his family. Just the way my mom, you know, backed me up in terms of, you want to go after that? Earn it. You know, and that's what he did. And just to watch all those years come to that moment, it's fantastic. And I think one of the things that we get out of KCC is parents discovering what their kids could do that they didn't know. I, I didn't realize my child could do that. I didn't realize he or she was interested in this. I didn't realize they actually can such and such. I didn't know there was a school. I didn't realize there was actually a career behind this kind of stuff. All these things have been said to us over 13 years. So it's real. So I hope when people come this year and they meet Chris Lucas and they meet Jamal Eigel and they meet uh, Ellen Steadfield and they meet Javier Cruz and they meet uh, Tal Bennett, that what they're seeing is, yes, these are people who maybe, you know, years ago were sitting around in, in short pants going, I hope, I wish, maybe one day, and here they are. 
So maybe your child is sitting home like right now saying those same things. You don't know what he or she can do. Give him a shot. Give him some support. I remember when it happened for me, when I realized that human beings, like real human beings, just like not, not a name on the front page of the comic book, but real human beings created this stuff. I, it wasn't until I was a freshman in high school. I was on, because I was a nerd, I was on the uh, magazine staff. We had a paper magazine we would put out and the newspaper staff. And the uh, teacher who was supervising us said that he, he decided we were going to do a theme issue and that we had to do something about New York. And I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> and then he said, you know, what do you love about New York? What do you, you know, uh, talk about the theaters or talk about the, this or talk about that? And I'm thinking, I love that Spider-Man sweetens around New York and that Doctor Strange lives in downtown Manhattan. I didn't really, wasn't really hip to Greenwich Village at the time. Mm-hmm. And and on and on, Avengers Mansion is somewhere in Manhattan, and it says you know and talk to the people who are involved in that, and I went Captain America, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I waited you know kind of my mind my mind kind of processed a little more and I was like the names on the page and I literally went home and read the indicia. You know, five was five hundred Madison Avenue, if I remember correctly, was the Marvel address, and they had all that information. And I looked up and found a phone number. I was like, "My God, these people have a phone number! <laughs> I could." This was so ridiculous, but that's you know, especially for the old kid. I could call them up and, and and ask for an interview, and then a light bulb went on in my head, and I called up and asked for an interview with Stan Lee, and I, I told the rest of this story uh, that, you know, I had three months or four months for my deadline. Um, the woman who answered the phone laughed, and got me an actual interview with Stan Lee. But it was that moment of realizing that people do the stuff that I love that changed my life. You know, allergies set me up. My allergies would kill me every spring, and I, the only thing I had you know, energy to do was to read. So I'd read comic books, so I'd read novels, you know. Uh, and that was a huge, you know, you are what you do most often, mm-hmm. right, Aristotle. Uh, but that moment in that class or that club is what got me going towards everything, everything else that I did, newspaper reporting and writing for, you know, teenage boys who... Uh, solve crimes. Solve crimes, <laughs> you know, unnamed. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote about teenage girls who solve crimes, too. Also unnamed. Yeah. Stuff, you know, it all starts there. And and the, stu- the kids who could come, uh, who can come this April 20th to KCC, you know, their parents can set them up to have that moment where they're sitting and listening to a panel of someone who does comic books and someone who works with Disney and someone who works with Sesame Street and people who own stores and things like that because there's a a business side to it as well I just want to say bringing it back to light bulb could go on for those kids right 
bringing it back to promotions, because we were talking about that, what we just did here, folks, is called testimonials. And testimonials are also part of the content that you create to validate people coming to, buying, listening to your work. See how we snuck that in? Yeah, isn't that? Oh, uh, my goodness. They're so clever. All right, baby. But that's that's actually, you know, the the thing is, when you you have those those moments, those memories, you know, starting out, starting out in particular, guys, maybe this is your first one, two, or three, your third graphic novel, your third comic, your third novel, your third movie, whatever it is that you're doing independently. You don't have a huge following. You don't have that yet. You don't have a bunch of people saying how great you know your last uh, accomplishment was. What you have, though, is what drove you to do this, your memories, your experiences, the experiences behind the camera or behind the pencil while you were doing this. You have those things to call on to create uh, content, to create um, behind-the-scenes information or videos, to create testimonials as to why what you do, what you've written, what you've drawn is worth somebody's time and to make that connection with them. For Chris and I to sit here and talk about what it was like for us as kids or teens to experience this, to meet so-and-so, that's, that's a memory for us, but that's also part of the, the gunpowder that fired us forward to where we are now, to what we've been doing for the past 20, 30 years. So, you know, you, you collect your experiences. I often say to my screenwriting students, never forget who you are. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget those experiences that you've had as you're trying to write these fictional characters because that's a pool to pull from. So the same thing with promotions. Look at where you've gone, where you've come from, what you've been doing, who's been there by your side going through this. If there have been already visible benefits from your work, people who enjoyed your, your comic, let's say we're talking comics, or who, you know, who, who come to see your puppet shows or come to see your dance recitals, whatever, Get them to, to give you a, a line or a couple of lines about how it, it affected them. Hopefully, positively. That's always good. But, you know, get them to talk about that. Uh, if you've been teaching something, get those people to say, you know, how that's worked for them, what they've gained from it. That's all a part of saying to your potential audience, this is my validation. This is my credential. You know, this is saying you should now reach out and try or, or purchase or come see what it is I do because it's benefited others. I agree. Thank you, sir. It's all part of telling the damn story. And we just did. <laughs> yes, we did. We, tell, we told the story of how to tell the story and share the story and promote others to tell their own damn story. Right. So to, to, to recap one thing, uh, yes, April 20th, uh, we're going to be doing the Kids Comic Con in New York City on the campus of Bronx Community College, which is in the Bronx. And for further information on that, you can easily go to the Kids Comic Con website, which is www.kidscomiccon.com. And you go there, and on the first page and a couple of other pages, you will see all the information you need. Um, if you want to attend, if, you, if you're living in Baltimore and you, you're not going to be able to make it, you can still see what we do. And reach out to us if you want to write and ask questions. You can do that, too. Uh, we're we're open to communications, my friend. <laughs> so thank you for listening, Chris. Thank you for not only for, you know, once again, being a, a great co-host and a partner and a buddy and all that stuff, but also for being that, that really exciting podcaster and uh, moderator for the panel that's coming up. You, you guys really want to check that panel out. If you're going to be here in particular, bring your kids or bring your own pad and pencil 
because some of what we say might really apply to you. Here's, what's the title of the panel? Uh, the panel is uh, probably going to be called Living the Dreams. Yep. Because he's, know, he's, or, or Dreaming to Live. Well, <laughs> going back and forth. To, to, to beat an unbeatable foe. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris I'm, we're, we're letting Chris you know, give it the name and everything. We're going to be putting the program together this week. Uh, to go to print. So, uh, Chris, we'll have the name within the next 48 hours. Okay, everybody, thanks What do you think the name should be? Tell us yeah. in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> again, thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Chris, thank you so much for uh, being here again, and uh, see you soon. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.